thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Good evening, good morning, good day. Hello, lovely listeners. Thank you for joining us on Wellnessman Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And you can find us on social media. So we are the Wellness Women on Facebook and the Wellness Women Official on Instagram. I am uh, DrAndrea.xo on Insta and the Period Whisperer on Facebook. And you can find Ash on Dr. Ashley Bond on everything. Uh, This is the first time that we have recorded in daylight hours in such a long time. And it feels so nice. Um, So, ladies, you'll have to let us know um, if we sound more alert and awake on this episode um, than what we have you know, maybe in some of the the preceding ones, but it also could be purely because of our choice of topic today as well. Oh, absolutely. Easter long weekend, no better choice uh, than to talk about chocolate, right? So today, ladies, we're going to talk about some some of the health benefits, but also some of the interesting and unknown facts about uh, the amazing origins of of chocolate, which I'm sure a lot of you actually won't know because I know I definitely learned a few things. I thought I was pretty well well up to speed on a lot of uh, topics. So I hope you have fun with this. It is a a great time to talk about um, things that make us feel happy. And I can tell you, most women will tell you chocolate makes them feel happy happy. Um, but yeah, I think one of the most, you know, wonderful things is that here we are with this beautiful, you know, strong, rich heritage. It's got an incredible origin, historically speaking. It's a plant that's known to have the highest amount of, um, you know, plant-based iron. There's so many other health benefits. So let's dive into it and have a little chat about, um, yeah, the origins of chocolate and, you know, what we think are some of the the ways we can incorporate chocolate into our life in a way that is healthful um, and not harmful because obviously, you know, most of us know eat too much chocolate, get fat, get pimples, get breakouts, all that sort of stuff. Um, But let's talk about some of the ways we can actually enjoy it in a positive 
positive sense and uh, and avoid some of the not-so-nice side effects of uh, consumption of chocolate. But um, for me, you know, I love – I'm a bit of a, a spiritual freak, so I love diving back into into the origins of, um, of the ancient cacao uh, uses and – Let's talk about where it started, hey? Um, yeah, it was funny. When we were prepping for this episode, um, you know, we just, with it obviously being topical, with it being Easter, and wanting to try and bring a little bit of um, fun and light to the episodes because, you know, the world's pretty heavy at the moment um, and everyone's fairly stressed. So we thought this would be a really good episode just to brush on something, you know, fairly upbeat. And Ash has gone down the rabbit hole in a really good way and we're definitely going to broach some more, um, I guess, cultural subjects around chocolate today um, and, you know, cacao and its origins and some of the practices and rituals around that as well, which I think is really important, but also how to consume it um, in a very, like, respectful way too. Uh, and the one of the um, papers that we were both reading um, when we were prepping for this episode, um, I found so fascinating that, you know, we have consumed chocolate in, in all sorts of different forms since 460 AD. So, you know, that was probably the first origination or um, the inception of it um, or the first iteration of chocolate. And back then it was used to induce weight gain which I think is hilarious, especially, you know, if we associate with too much chocolate and sugar and, um, you know, that makes us fat and, like, as you said, Ash, uh, have pimples and those sorts of things. But they also used it to stimulate the nervous system um, and to improve digestion and elimination as well because it is very stimulatory for the system. Um, I'm sure that it also will induce a whole bunch of um, endorphins when you eat it as well. Um, and we're going to talk through all of the processes and the benefits of that um, on this episode too. Love it. Well, I think, uh, you know, for me, it was fascinating to think just how far back it goes. You know, like you said, 460 AD, that's a, that's a long time that, you know, humans have been using the Theobroma cacao tree um, as a source of medicine as well. You know, that conscious mm. awareness that it was a, had medicinal uses. Um, and for me, then I thought, well, hang on, how did it get from, you know, Honduras and the South Americas into our lives today? You know, what did it take? And of course, you don't have to look much further than the concept of colonization. Um, to figure that out so obviously you know back in the 1500s the kind of conquest of uh, of the americas led to the importation and the movements of the cacao plant and initially they only thought that the cacao, cacao beans were used as a source of um, trading so they were using it like currency um, and then you know it took some time before they realized there was other properties to it so medicinal properties and helpful factors that were being uh, extracted by the natives uh, to you know to their enjoyment so for me I went oh that's that's so interesting and then I went oh so of course it has to come back to colonization and genocide and all the rest but um, you know fortunately today you know there's a lot of wisdom still being carried through about those original um, uses of cacao and this is this kind of there's been a, a I would say a modern revival of some of those practices in Western culture, which again sort of sometimes irks me a little bit because there's a lot of what um, what is known as cultural appropriation. You know, the use of traditional ceremony or customary or you know even clothing and imagery um, for the purpose of you know Western sort of financial economic gain. Um, mm. And this comes down to even just you know here in Perth, I know it's definitely seen advertised you know traditional sacred cacao ceremonies, which just sound amazing. And I think as long as they're um, acknowledging the origins of the South Americans um, in their 
Use of cacao, it's wonderful, but we certainly always appropriate, don't we, to meet our modern spiritual needs. Um, so, you know, sacred cacao ceremonies have come back in fashion, so to speak. And uh, I'm curious to know, ladies, have any of you been to one? Um, it's been something I've been curious enough. I've wanted to go to one. And then just a little part of me holds back going, hang on, you know, it's, it's not being run by, you know, an elder in a culture that comes, you know, with this knowledge. Am I, do I really want to be there? I'm, I'm not sure. Non-judgmental. I don't mind who does it. But for me personally, I feel like I need to almost go to South America and sit in a, a you know, an indigenous sacred circle to really feel as though I have true knowledge and, and embrace the um, the origins and the, the respect that's given to the native cacao plant. So, um, And it, it would be used with such different intention then as well. And absolutely. I think that um, with a lot of these ceremonies and I think also um, this sort of almost like branches into this idea of plant medicine, it's the same thing that would you want to be um, entrusting the youth of some sort of plant medicine to someone who wasn't maybe a sacred shaman who this has been part of their lineage and they've done such um, you know, study in this, who can actually teach that process. Um, I really didn't think about that until you broached it when we were talking off air just a few minutes ago. And I haven't been to, you know, a cacao ceremony um, per se, but I have definitely, um, like, you know, obviously consumed cacao in uh, like the end of beautiful um, like yoga retreats and uh, one of my beautiful yoga teachers who's part of the practice has also in, um, kind of imbued that into the end of some of her um, like teachings as well, which has been amazing. And it's done with such beautiful sacred intention that you can tell that um, there's sort of deep reverence for what uh, like the energy that that holds, which is really, really nice. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'm all about uh, the appropriation of it like what you sort of described. So I think it is about your individual intention when you're using these sorts of things. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty, isn't it, too, um, for us to go back to Indigenous wisdom and um, and that and honour that and respect that. So, you know, it really kind of highlighted to me that if we just go and buy a block of Cadbury's, I don't personally, but, you know, you see how much goes off the shelf. So, um, you know, I use that because most people get the idea as soon as someone hears the word Cadbury's, they straight away think chocolate. There's that mind-body association. And, um you know, having that that idea that you, we're so mindless in the way we consume things. You know, we just go grab a block of chocolate or we just go and we're just so mindless in that process of consumption. We actually rarely, I'm sure, even myself included, rarely stop to think, where did that raw cacao come from that made this product that was processed that's, you know, finally after all the different things that have occurred, transport and all the rest, ended up on this shelf right here today for me to purchase? I mean, how often mm -hmm. do we actually stop and check in and think? And I think most of you would be horrified to think that possibly the block of chocolate you're picking up is supporting child, you know, slavery. Um, but the reality is that's been proven, you know, through um, – organizations such as fair trade that unfortunately a large part of the south american cacao production including the african productions in areas like ghana um, are using child slavery um, to meet the western production needs and that was pretty like pretty horrifying to think about it so i also hope that with our episode today we'll help to bring a bit more awareness and attention to you know source so that we um we help this world heal you know we heal our our climate, uh, we heal our ecosystems, we heal our, you know, natural forests, and we also heal humanity through looking after our children. Um, so, you know, and I think that comes into it's just conscious consumption of all things, right? And kind of Absolutely. knowing the origin of these. Uh, so, in essence, a full disclosure 
I have not had any chocolate since November 2018. So it's been over 12 months, ladies. So um, because I am obviously all or nothing, I, I cannot do <laughs> two things by halves. And it's particularly difficult at this time of year uh, with, you know, obviously it being Easter and um, the, my absolute favorite type of chocolate that I used to just absolutely adore is from um, a company here in Perth called The Cheeky Project. And it's, you know, beautiful artisan, um, you know, organically handmade like chocolates. And because I'm not having them, I just sent them to my girlfriend. So Ash got Yay, one. lucky me. Thank you very morning. much. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But I've swapped out, you know, my chocolate consumption for carob. So I think carob is like my new crack now. And I have. I know you're a banjo like, bear girl. Oh, yeah, man. I, that will be, you know, eventually it will be something that I have to probably give up because it'll, it'll go overboard. But for now, it's okay. Enjoy it. Well, look, you know, you've had a full disclosure moment. I'll have my full disclosure. I will tell you honestly, every single day, I think I consume at least some small amount of raw, dark, organic chocolate. Um, it's my happy place. But you have self control, though. No, that's very true. I do. I literally will have just one tiny little bit, or I make a lot of my own. So it's just one little square, or, you know, just I, for me, it's like this whole ceremonial factor. It's just like this ritual of like letting it melt in my mouth and just like my brain rush of just like happiness goes, ah, oh, you know, it's something like I can breathe again. Like it's almost uh, this magical, you know, healing. You know, some people pop pills. I pop chocolate. So. <laughs> Because <laughs> oh, um, Ash, you don't drink coffee, do you? No, no, I'm not a coffee drinker. So. I think it's probably having that similar like effect on you as well yeah. because it is like it is stimulating. It's so rich in antioxidants and a whole yeah. bunch of other things, which we'll get into in a moment. And I think that you're also just enjoying that big rush of nitric oxide as well, which is making you feel really amazing. Yeah. Uh, why, actually, why don't we talk about that now? Why don't we go into some of the benefits of chocolate and um, some of the you know amazing like minerals and flavonoids and everything that it kind of um, possesses or ha- like is naturally occurring in it. And when I say that, I mean in like good quality, you know, like uh, quite high percentage cacao base chocolate probably not the stuff that you're going to be getting off the shelf like the milk type chocolate no you're going to get 70 percent plus i think is the general rule of thumb there andy and i love that you know we're going to talk about all the bits and pieces as to why it makes us so happy um because for me it was like if people say what's one word like a word association chocolate bliss now how's this for interesting i never really thought about it until you know i learned some of the origin and um cacao canes contain something called anandamide which is a neurotransmitter that's produced in the brain that binds to THC receptors. So, you know, in a sense, it's it's a bliss molecule because Ananda is a Sanskrit word for bliss. So this is where, you know, naming and origin all comes together. And you're like, how about that? How interesting that has been named in accordance with the the feeling of euphoria that people can experience. Um, And so it's also considered an uh, what they call an endocannabinoid, which is Mm. essentially binds to the cannabinoid receptors and this is like essentially like you know same things like cbd oil you know they so so now you're starting to see why it has this um receptor stimulating effect on your body and um, that's why you do feel the bliss and that's also why you crave it so you know when people are saying the cravings 
If you're having real chocolate, and I say real, mean that pure cacao-based, not the cocoa produced, and I will explain the difference between cacao and cocoa in a second, um, mm-hmm. then what you're craving is is that the hormone function, like that receptor stimulation, um, as opposed to, say, for example, low-grade, poor-quality chocolates, what you're really craving there is the sugar. That's the insulin issues. And so, you know, knowing the difference between why, you know, chocolate can be healthful and harmful is dependent upon what you're actually craving. Are you craving that sugar, you know, function that comes with, you know, crappy chocolate or are you craving the basically the THC receptor (laughs) function that comes from the high quality chocolate? So um, I can tell you on that level, I definitely know which one I'm craving. Um, And of course that, you know, that enacts um, the the reasons why we seek it as uh, a stress reliever, right? So when we're, you know, super stressed, why do we often, you know, seek chocolate? And it has a little bit of that that component to it. So um, let's tell you why some chocolate will not give you those benefits. And it really comes down to production. Um, Raw cacao comes straight from the cacao tree. It's the derivative um, broken down and it includes things like the cocoa butter all encompassed into the product. Um, When you get cocoa, so this is like the traditional processed Dutch cocoa that you'll get in packets Mm -hmm. that people will often make a hot chocolate from, for example, um, that has been heavily processed and it also has been heat treated. So you're going to lose a lot of the nutritional benefits and not to mention if it's not organic, you'll also have just like any other plant source that's been produced in a way that includes pesticides, herbicides, and everything else, mm. that's going to be coming through with that product as well. So it's not only is it not giving you the health benefits that come from a natural plant source, you're also losing, you know, any other benefits because of the addition of chemicals. So um, it is important to understand that when you choose chocolate, you know, are you picking up a bunch of pesticides um, or are you picking up something that comes from a raw plant base that's got, you know, huge amounts of brain um, affecting, you know, substances. And I think that's kind of cool. So, um, so that's the difference lately. So if you're thinking of, you know, is it cocoa like people go is it cocoa or cacao that's actually literally a name difference and only one letter difference but it's two different products so just be aware of that when you're looking at something on a package it's not a misspelling when you see c-o-c-a-o it's the actual product that's been heat treated cacao on the other hand is c-a-c-a-o so there's your difference yeah, yeah, and it's not just semantics. And I know that no. cacao um, has obviously become much more popular probably over the last decade as we've become more aware of the benefits of raw foods and heat processing and all of that sort of thing. Mm. Uh, and, you know, cacao butter is a combination of both like the monounsaturated and the saturated fats. Um, and the monounsaturated fat component of that has is similar to like the makeup of olive oil. So it's still like quite beneficial for the system as well. Obviously, we don't want to go too overboard, especially if you're quite sensitive to the saturated fats. But um, it's still, you know, the, the good fat component of that is still there. It's also really rich in fiber as well. We know that that's excellent for feeding our good gut bugs. And, you know, obviously we're going to be very swayed in this episode and tell you all of the really good stuff about it. (laughs) Um, And is also very high in minerals too. So um, chocolate is quite high in magnesium. And this is actually part of why women crave chocolate when they have PMS 
so right before they actually get their period. So they're actually craving the magnesium component of that because the magnesium has that lovely sedative effect on the system. It helps you to have that off switch. It's that precursor to serotonin, which is going to try and lift your mood a little bit, but it also has antispasmodic effects as well. So usually um, we you know, often prescribe magnesium to assist with period pain too. So when you're craving chocolate before your period, you're actually craving magnesium. I always think that that's so fascinating. And in, um, say, a, a 30 gram um, dose of chocolate, which is not a lot, and good quality, like, you know, 70 85% kind of cacao um, based chocolate, that's about 20% of your daily, 15 to 20% of your daily recommended um, dose of magnesium. Um, now, that doesn't mean go and eat a whole bunch of chocolate to try and only get your magnesium sources from that though. <laughs> that is that is my little caveat on that. Uh, chocolate or the cacao, I should say, is also really rich in copper, which is essential for like glucose metabolism and neurological development and all sorts of things. Um, it's high in potassium and calcium as well, which is all beneficial for the cardiovascular system. Um, but the thing that did surprise me is how rich it is in iron as well, Ash, as you alluded to at the start of the episode. Yeah, and of course we know, you know, so many women experience um, cyclic issues. They're often diagnosed with anemia or, uh, you know, problems with low iron. And, hey, gosh, if I'm told that I've got low iron and I want to go, and, you know, eat cacao, I'm like, yes, winning, that's great. Um, obviously, it may not be the only way to solve an iron deficiency, but um, <laughs> it's certainly nice to, to know that there's some plant-based sources um, before diving into, you know, transfusions and other more synthetic uh, su- supplementation, which is on mm. the First, first choices of recommendations. So we've done episodes on actually iron deficiency anemia. So ladies, if that's, you know, picked your interest a little bit there, just go backwards and have a look through our little uh, library of episodes there because we did a great one and we talked about lots of ways of dealing with iron deficiency anemia, which um, I know is has helped a lot of my clients for sure. Um, so yeah. Yeah, definitely a good one. And of course, as soon as you start talking about things like iron, iron deficiency anemia, you're talking about the neurologic benefits, Andrea, you know, like these are all things that tie in then why it's shown to have an effect on cardiac function. And so Mm -hmm. there's some evidence to suggest it can reduce coronary heart disease, which I don't think in isolation on its own is the only source of, you know, like you can't have a really crappy diet and then just Mm -hmm. throw in some dark chocolate and think that's going to produce um, coronary benefits. But its, um, its original, you know, function was that it did have cardiac benefits. And there was a study looking at the Panamanians, which are, you know, off the islands off Panama. And the indigenous from those islands who moved to mainland have higher rates of cardiovascular disease. Now, obviously, that's a lot of other factors and they've considered dietary lifestyle changes and stress responses and that, but um, they noted at least a um, like tenfold decrease in the consumption of their native indigenous um, cacao drink. And on the mainland, uh, they had sick, you know, native Panamanians. And then on the islands, those people had much better cardiac function. And I thought that was very interesting. Um, and there's a couple of studies that, you know, reiterate that similar mm. conclusion. Um, of course, whenever you're talking about taking an indigenous person away from their native diet lifestyle and all the rest, naturally, I think things like cardiac disease, cancer and diabetes will increase. Um, but, you know, they still considered the, the raw cacao um, rituals they have, you know, and the consumption as one of those, those features. And I thought, oh, there you go. Isn't that interesting? And I think when you go down the rabbit hole of wanting to find benefits in um, 
like you know a blissfully indulgent foods like chocolate or red wine you you're going to cherry pick research and you're going to find stuff that is showing to be really beneficial so we we always have to you know have balance with this research so are these benefits you know the decrease in um, type 2 but diabetes stroke cardiovascular stuff cancer is that correlation or is it causation um is you know difficult to determine but i i do think that there's that positive association with um you know obviously they're much higher intake of cacao and those positive health benefits and you know what i think that we should just take that and run with it <laughs> yeah and you allude to the lipid profile benefits you know the hdl yeah. ldl um you know ratios there and uh, to see you know a number of different small scale studies uh show some evidence that dark chocolate consumption improved lipid profile decreased platelet reactivity and reduced inflammation i mean that's that's really interesting um i certainly would like to prescribe someone raw cacao before i'd want to prescribe them any pharmaceuticals so <laughs> <laughs> if yeah. it does have those benefits, how amazing. Um, and of course, you know, you mentioned the neurologic stuff and then that obviously relates to our cognitive functions as well. So, um, you know, when you dive down into it, anything that's flavonoid rich, um, and this includes mm. wine and tea, has been considered to be, you know, basically a cognitive performance enhancer. So this is where it can be yeah. linked to better brain function. So there's a couple of things that do that, but uh, chocolate's on that list because of its rich flavonoid um, effect. So that's, you know. Yeah, and it, it does boost that gives you a big boost of like kind of nitric oxide as well which um, is going to have a vasodilation impact um, on you know on the brain but in the body as well uh, and it also helps to improve insulin sensitivity so the flavonoids in that which I think is really interesting mm. because on one side we've got you know those really amazing cacao benefits of improving that uh, and this is certainly part of the components of um, you know in practice uh, for my patients who do have really severe insulin resistance part of the formulation that I give them does actually have that cacao in it. Um, whereas on the other side of that, you know, the kind of cheap, um, low percentage cacao chocolates that you'd be finding that might only have sort of 10 to 15% um, cocoa in it, uh, it's, it's certainly going to be really heavily sugar laden. So that's going to do the opposite and obviously decrease insulin, insulin sensitivity and probably um, like, you know, be, be part of the problem for insulin resistance in the first place. Uh, so double-edged sword there. Um, so not all chocolate is created equal, that's for sure. Um, but the antioxidants in it too are, have a similar kind of stimulus effect to caffeine. So this is why lots of women, if they're having like, you know, a really good dose of raw chocolate before bed, will find it really stimulating. And also why they do use um, cacao in like ceremonial type things to induce that kind of stimulated state. Um, and, you know, obviously um, the, the cacao is so rich in polyphenols, which is really good for, um, you know, our gut bugs, so for our microbiota. So it both simultaneously increases the production of the really beneficial microbes while simultaneously um, sort of inhibiting the growth of, of fungus and yeasts and the pathogenic type things too. So that's pretty amazing. I love that. And I think it's so interesting too, like you said, where you can find all the benefits. There's certainly some drawbacks and, you know, those drawbacks are that it's often a calorie dense um, food source. I'd like to think it's its own very unique food group, to be honest. I'd like to put it on its own. <laughs> on its own I uh, think most women think 
Chocolate is a food group all to itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of the, a lot of the negative effects of chocolate are reported in research actually come down to the production and processing, and that is to do with the incorporation of sugar. Um, so you know, for most commercial chocolates, there's that inclusion of sugar and fat, and of course, you know, bumping up the carbohydrate load um, with such a dense food source. Naturally, your calorie gain is substantial. Um, and you mentioned in the beginning how it was used as a, a weight management or weight gain, you know, use. Yeah. And, um, that's, and that's really what it comes down to is the, the high fat content. So it's something to be used with caution, but with the right chocolate, you know, in the right way, um, there is indication that it could actually assist in weight management or weight loss because it's um, a fiber-rich source and it uh, gives a sense of fullness, satiety. So mm-hmm. it can actually, you know, help you uh, consume calories in other meals because it's actually very satiating on that brain. So it can actually be used for both, you know, weight gain and weight loss if used appropriately with understanding of, you know, what's the impact, which sort of chocolate you're having and why. So, um, and not to mention the fact that most commercial chocolate has um, the inclusion of dairy. And we know that dairy can be very inflammatory and gut affecting. And, you know, a lot of people don't process dairy well. So hence the reason it's um, not considered a health food by most people <laughs> when you say the word chocolate. But when we say raw, dark cow, my brain just goes that. It's a health food for sure. (laughs) Definitely. And uh, I think that, you know, particularly most of our listeners will understand the distinction between, you know, good quality, um, you know, raw cacao um, based products as opposed to the chocolate itself. Um, When I was eating chocolate, I was, and a lot of the time I would just make it myself. And because I am the world's worst cook, I would simply um, just use raw cacao powder, cacao butter, some coconut oil um, and some. I'd usually put some coconut in it as well just to give a bit more texture. And then I wouldn't use any sweetener, but I'd push a, um, a frozen raspberry in the middle of it when it was setting yeah. so that the raspberry would give the sweetness to it um, and the, uh, I guess, the variation between the, the real bitterness of the dark chocolate and then the sweetness of the raspberry I thought was just like so divine. Um, but you it's certainly an acquired taste to be able to like go that dark. Um, but Ash, how do you, do you make chocolate? I always joke. Once you go black, you never go back. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say that. I was thinking in my head, <laughs> but I'm glad that you went No, there. <laughs> once you've gone dark chocolate and you really know how to eat dark chocolate and for anyone who's saying yeah. like, oh my God, I hate dark chocolate. It's like eating dirt, you know, and, and you really, the reason why you sort of sense that eating dirt is because you actually, your brain, your taste buds are picking up on a lot of the minerals in raw natural natural cacao right which is not a bad thing it's just you're not used to it so um for me i sort of say to people if you are a you know dairy milk chocolate lover or dare i say it i used to be and i'm so glad it's something i'd actually loathe now white chocolate lover you need to start to bring yourself back into um real chocolate once you start to really taste real chocolate it'll you know it'll tease that brain into going oh actually i I do like that more um so you know for me i said to people if you if you eat dairy milk then let's just try and go up to say 60% um, and then just gently over time move to 70% then move to your 80% 85% and if you you know can sort of find the joy in it 90 95% is amazing and even better make your own so I make my own Um, my chocolate treats incorporate coconut oil pure organic raw cacao some rice malt syrup and almond meal and literally that's the only ingredient so i make a nice little um 
like a, a little base on it, which is the almond meal, raw cacao, uh, sorry, almond meal and um, coconut oil. <laughs> so you obviously need to freeze or refrigerate these. And yeah. then um, the top is the, the raw cacao mixed with some rice malt syrup to bring it to a degree of like sweet bitterness that you can tolerate, so which whatever mm. is your level is kind of how much sweetener you add to it. And obviously then the coconut oil to, to fix it and to harden it. So when you do that, you know, into a layered tray, into the freezer, oh my gosh, it's bliss. And I top it with things like goji berries, a little bit of um, cracked um, rock salt, a uh, little bit of, oh. you know, coconut flakes or anything like that, just to kind of give it its flavor or its twist um, or some cinnamon's powder sprinkled or, you know, just whatever little variation I feel like for that day. Um, it's really not that hard to make. So I can't, I don't really that often anymore buy chocolate, chocolate, unless I'm out and about and, you know, just really craving my, my chocolate fix, but my chocolate's all in my freezer. So, um, which is dangerous so, too, because it's so good. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, this time last year, uh, we did a, an interview on the ABC radio about, um, the sugar, uh content in like you know store-bought easter eggs and it would probably like absolutely horrify you how much sugar is actually just in even like small or medium-sized easter eggs or bunnies um so on average they've got about 25 teaspoons of sugar just in the regular size bunnies if you go up to the bigger ones then usually it's about 45 teaspoons of sugar so it totally is understandable why kids are bouncing off the walls um, after this easter period and particularly because everybody is staying at home at the moment um, parents i would definitely encourage you to just keep that in the back of your mind if you're um you know divvying it out to them and how much they should be having in any one uh, one go and there's a few of my patients who were so desperately looking forward to their Easter like chocolate bunny this year um, and so I've, we've made a deal that yep they get to enjoy Easter they can absolutely gorge themselves on you know, the, you know, they know it's crappy poor quality chocolate um, you know the Cadbury's bunny or whatever it might be enjoy it and then after Easter so come Tuesday then they're on a 100 day sugar free gong so that's 100 days of no sugar, no chocolate, um, you know, no sweeteners. So every day for 100 days, they're going to avoid that. And if they slip up, they've got to go back to day one. Um, so that's that's the trade-off. So they're going to go nuts and then it's going to be all over. Oh, I like it. That's cruel, but that's good. Um, so, you know, look, we know that uh, chocolate has its benefits, but it has its drawbacks. So if you're willing to gorge yourself on the crap stuff, then you have to pay the price. Um, in our house, we don't do chocolate eggs at Easter time. We actually do raw cacao balls in um, as much as I don't like plastic. I think their use in this situation is perfect. We have the plastic little eggs that you can buy that open up. You open yeah, them yeah. and we pop the little raw chocolate balls inside them, hide them around the garden. And that's the, the Easter bunny for our family. So um, Ollie loves, loves finding things and um yeah so he's not quite yet familiar with the whole foil wrapped egg um part of easter but in his mind finding little chalky you know balls inside the uh, egg shapes is a lot of fun so that's how we do it so if you think you know family um time easter it has to be associated with you know bad amounts of bad foods truth is it depends on how you make your easter and uh, i feel like we've started it pretty well heaven help me when we go to school and he has to you know be around all the kids with their chocolate eggs and he'll be like what mom you've been lying to me all this time <laughs> the easter bunny doesn't actually deliver raw chocolate balls um so you know yeah, that'll happen yeah <laughs> yeah so let's wrap that this up hey we know that um chocolate has some huge health benefits the drawbacks are obviously any of the additions sugar fats dairies that are included you've got those risks of weight gain but you've also got the plentiful benefits 
of raw, pure cacao. So maybe take some moments to think about, you know, where your chocolate's coming from, you know, where it's, where it's got its origins of cacao from. I will give you a few little quick tips on um, which chocolates are fair trade. I really encourage you to consider mm. the options that, you know, a well-sourced chocolate, fair trade, it, the, 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 the trade-off you get there, you might pay a little more for it, but you know that the cacao farmers are out there doing the hard work, are getting paid a fair wage for the work they're doing. It's reducing the inclusion of the use of child slave labour. Um, and of course, it's reducing things like carbon emissions and it's doing things like appropriate tree planting and um, reducing the likelihoods of monoculture, which is, you know, the mass um, destruction of the Amazon rainforest to put, you know, one plant group in there. In this case, cacao can be one of those plants. So for me, I just see that that knock-on effect, that global responsibility is huge. So let me quickly run you through a couple of brands you can look for that do have some, um, some benefit. You know, if you're going to buy chocolate, you've got your fair trade certifications. Um, some of those you've probably seen the Whitaker's brands. If you see the 72% dark Ghana, that's given the uh, the tick of approval from the fair trade. You can also look for brands Alter Ego in Australia. It's really easy to get. So Alter Eco is at Alter and ECO. Um, it's Swiss made chocolate, delicious, amazing. Um, and of course, most of their chocolate comes from Peru and they can guarantee the welfare of their, their workers. Um, mm. Another brand is Seed and Bean. It's a fair trade. Um, we have got that here in Australia. So just have a little look around it. Most people have heard of Aldi. Aldi also has some of their chocolates. Um, the Just Organic Dark Fair Trade chocolate is also considering um, supporting fair trade conditions, which I think is amazing. So good on Aldi for being that brand that's um, picked up a line like that. Pico, P-I-C-O, is a vegan organic chocolate. We've got that. Um, it's certified organic and ethically sourced. Uh, we also have Green and Blacks, which you can buy off the shelf at Woolworths and Coles, which is awesome. And that's an organic dark chocolate. Um, and I just think, you know, any of those brands that support the the farmers, you know, back down in South America, they were doing the hard work for us uh, to consume it then maybe that's a consideration when you buy your chocolate next time. So ladies, enjoy your chocolate responsibly, you know, socially responsibly um, and also, you know, environmentally responsibly too. I think that's a big part of how we make this world a better place. Awesome. Oh, Ash, thanks so much for that list. Can you actually send that through to me? Because yes. I, I think that would be a really useful um, resource for everybody. Yep. All right, ladies, have an amazing Easter or just long weekend, um, no matter what denomination or celebration that you kind of uh, are into this weekend, even if it's just the celebration of chocolate. I think this episode will hopefully highlight some of the, the benefits of that. Um, hey, don't forget to follow us on um, social media. Make sure you've subscribed to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting app that you are using. Give us a five-star rating because we love that and this is really how we um, spread the message of, you know, good uh, women's health out there to the world and to the masses. Um, and we are so, so grateful that you are still with us after all this time. Don't forget to try and join our group on Facebook, the wellness women tribe, and we will totally post all of this stuff in there. Uh, I'm going to do that today. Ash, that is my, that is my job. Um, so ladies, you've been listening to wellness women radio. We are the wellness women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar on women's health and until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.